Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story. The Telecast, brought to you by the Geekcast Radio Network. again crazy theme song people as they said i am your host optimus solo and i would like to say hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the telecast brought to you by the geekcast radio network today we have a brand new co-host making her geekcast radio network debut and i'm very happy to have her with me and um so i'd like to introduce uh tara aka the rising star hello Hi, what's up? Not much, and since this is your first show with the network, uh, why don't you take a, a minute and uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself so they, they know who they're listening to before we get started. All right, sure thing. Well, my name is Tara, a.k.a. Rising Star, and I am a broadcasting and film student from Toronto, Ontario in my second year, and I am a huge lover of all things pop culture and retro, new, anything. I just I love it all. That's excellent. So you found a, a good place to be, since so are most of us. <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm pretty happy with where I am right now in um, in college, and I'm actually hoping to be a reporter one day and do so, stuff like this. So. So then, when you get big, you'll remember the little people. No, I'm just. Yes. <laughs> yes, I will. I will remember the little people. <laughs> um, so today, Tara and I are going to be talking about. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
That's right, folks. We are talking about our fourth Nickelodeon classic in a row. We already did Salute Your Shorts. Uh, the Adventures of Pete and Pete and Clarissa explains it all, so now it's time for Are You Afraid of the Dark? And before we get too far into our discussion, just a little background information on Are You Afraid of the Dark. Um, depending on if you were living in Canada or the United States, it debuted around 1991. And it lasted until 96 for a total of seven seasons and 91 episodes with a short-lived revival at the end of the decade in the 99 to 2000 uh, year period. And, of course, like we said before, it was on Nickelodeon and uh, its episodes were about 30 minutes long. Are You Afraid of the Dark revolves around a group of teenagers who refer to themselves as the Midnight Society. And every week at a secret location in the woods, one member would tell a scary story to the rest of the group. And then it would cut into the story with all different actors, etc. And then occasionally it would cut back to the Midnight Society, sometimes during the episode. Um, and if it didn't at the end, uh, middle of the episode, it would at the end to t- kind of like sum things up. So um, what do you remember from, I mean, I know you're a little bit uh, younger than most of uh, my other fellow co-hosts, but you said you have an older brother that kind of exposed you to these shows. So what do you remember about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh, my gosh. I remember so much about this. I, I basically, Are You Afraid of the Dark was my childhood. I remember it being scary i remember it being wacky i remember it being just just out of the ordinary and just really interesting and it just captured my attention and just the funny thing is with with regards to my older brother he would take me into his room and we would watch um are you afraid of the dark like late at night around probably around between 10 and 11 o'clock that's when it was airing on ytv um a station here in uh, toronto and we'd watch it, and then I would not be able to sleep. <laughs> and my mom, yes, and my mom would be, would would just go to my brother and be like, "You really need to stop showing your little sister these shows. She cannot sleep." And we are up all night with just trying to calm me down and telling me that the things I saw on TV were not going to come out and scare me in the middle of the night. Good, a good example of that is the clown from one of the episodes. Oh, goodness. But that, that one really got to me, and after that, I would never watch anything with clowns in it again. Yeah, my sister also has a uh, um, a fear of clowns, and I don't know if she got it from this show or if this show just heightened it. This, this but... show probably would heighten it, just because yeah. it was just, that's how, you know, back then, I mean, the effects were pretty well done. Yeah, and it, and it almost uh, touched on every different fear you could possibly have over the course of the you know the ninety plus episodes. So it didn't matter if you were afraid of like you know some type of animal, or if you were afraid of like heights, or if you were afraid of you know the boogeyman or clowns or whatever. They were going to hit on it at some point. If you weren't so, afraid of it before you watched the show, chances are after you watched it, you'd be afraid of it. Yeah, definitely. And I never could understand, and I did the same thing, but it's. Why kids, or sometimes I guess even like, uh, you know, young adults watch scary stuff right before bed knowing that it might affect their sleep habits. But I did the exact same thing. I remember once, it wasn't already free of the dark, but I remember watching a, uh, and I'm not a scary movie person. I, I'm not someone that like goes all crazy for the Nightmare on Elm Street and the slasher type movies and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, one time I was home alone. I don't remember why or what what was going on, but I was home alone and I decided to watch one of them. I don't remember what movie it was, but I, I just remember the rest of the night waiting for my uh, my parents to get home. And like, I think I was actually carrying around a baseball bat at some point. Like, I was so scared that I'd someone be, was going to try to like <laughs> break I'd in. Be, I'd be oh my god, I can relate <laughs> to that because I would I would just 
go into my brother's room after the fact and I'd be like, Paul, I'm so scared. And he, <laughs> and he would just be like, Tara, go to sleep. It's, it's just TV. But I was young. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't, you know, distinguish between TV and reality. Well, yeah. And, and, and that, that makes total sense. And I, I remember about this show though, that it seemed, more real than most scary stuff I was exposed to at that, that age. That is true. It did. It it definitely did because I think just the way it was done because, you know, you had the opening and you had um you had the kids at the fire pit talking and then all of a sudden it cut to, you know, real. Like it's right. showing the actual story taking place. So as a viewer, I guess you could kind of you kind of were just transported to where the story was taking place. So it felt more real to you. Yeah, and they kind of blurred the line between reality and, you know, supernatural or fantasy or whatever pretty well. And the thing that kind of I liked about it back then, and I remember this clearly, that at that age or at that stage of my life, and you know, in the early 90s, most of the scary stuff I had been exposed to mm-hmm. that was aimed towards a, a, ch- a child audience was done so in a very cheesy manner to make sure it wasn't scary. Yeah. But this was not like this. I mean, this is something that your parents would let you watch because it's on Nickelodeon and it's aimed towards kids. But it wasn't trying no. to be, I mean, the acting was cheesy at times, but, but it was not trying to be this like dumb it down so the kids don't get scared. This was actually a scary it show. Was, yes, because you had, um, a good example, um, in one of the episodes with the, um, the tale of the dream girl. You had two characters who were dead. Yeah. And you don't find that out until the end of the episode. And, you know, so kids were experiencing reality. They were experiencing death. They were experiencing supernatural. And, and it was, in a way, it was good because it was, it was, it was, um, you know, kids were getting exposure to this. Yeah. And it dealt with all kinds of different stuff. It wasn't all like, you know, some of the stories were supernatural. Some of them were more ghost stories. Some of them, you know, I mean, they kind of did all different genres of, whatever you want to call it, horror genres or, or, you know, scary movie genres. They touched every little part. Compared to, like, today where we have to censor everything because, God <laughs> forbid, a kid learns about, you know, death or sees blood. You know, we don't see that. Yeah. It's like it's like that doesn't exist in the real world. This exists only in TV, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's I always, the mindset. <laughs> yeah, I always kind of thought that, you know, as a kid that Nickelodeon was pulling pulling one over on on parents out there. Because, you know, parents just assume it's Nickelodeon, it's fine. So me and my sister, you know, we'd pop some popcorn or whatever, and we'd go in the basement or, or wherever, you know, the parents weren't, and we'd watch Snick, you know, Clarissa Explains It All, et cetera, but Are You Afraid of the Dark was usually the later um, show. Obviously, that makes sense. And, you know, we'd, we'd be like, how are we getting away watching this stuff? Because I don't know about, you know, everyone else out there, but my parents were pretty strict growing up, and, you know, I wasn't exposed to, I would never have been allowed to watch some of the more, adult themed like horror movies out there so i was almost feeling like wow i can actually watch this stuff and they think it's you know just a kid's show (laughs) that's yeah i i i agree with that that's that's the thinking that we had here in canada too in my family um at first my mom would be like okay it's on it's on ytv it's on nickelodeon (laughs) it's it's a kid's show it's okay if 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 my daughter is watching that or my son is watching that and and then when she you know, when she actually watched it and she saw it, she's like, oh. When she was taking care of you at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and she was just like, okay, hey, no, you're not watching that ever again. 
and, oh, my goodness. and it's funny because even like later on now, like I was still afraid of some aspects of that show. And, mm-hmm. and then I go back and watch it because, you know, being, being a film student, I learn all the behind the scenes things. And I yeah. go back now and I'm like, okay, those are some really, really bad, cheesy effects. How, how the <laughs> heck did that scare me? Yeah. So, you know what? Well, I, I'm telling you, I watched back uh, quite a few episodes and, and the clown still scares yeah, me. Yeah, the clown was, I'll, I'll give it that. The clown is really <laughs> well done. I mean, for some reason in shows like Are You Afraid of the Dark? And I'm not sure if you're familiar with a show called Reboot. They like, to, Little. yeah, they like to throw clowns in there. And the clown is always grotesque and just, it doesn't look like a normal clown. <laughs> it, it seems wrong that like all the circuses or the carnivals or, or whatever, evil. like, well, they all have this, this, this misconception that kids like clowns. Yes. I don't think I've ever met a kid that likes clowns. No, I, I, no. <laughs> I'll just say no. <laughs> clowns are just creepy. Um, but I think we're going to get uh, into a little bit of the, uh, the who's who for Are You Afraid of the Dark now. This is a little different than the, the past shows we've covered because there really aren't main characters that are involved in the actual show on a consistent basis. We have the Midnight Society, which is the group of kids that tell the story to each other, but they're basically only seen at the beginning and at the end. And then the whole main part of the show is done by guest stars, which most of them don't you know, have recurring appearances. There's a few that do, but, but usually it's a guest star every single episode that's involved in the actual story. Um, so we're just going to touch a little bit on some of the Midnight Society people, and then we'll talk a little bit about the guest stars, because there are some interesting guest star appearances in this. Um, as far as the Midnight Society goes, each member basically has a distinct personality, and they usually have some type of trend in their storytelling. Um, not necessarily 100% of their stories are all related to same things, but, but I think... Um, one character, for example, always has the Dr. Vink uh, stories. Um, you know, one character might tell all about supernatural stuff. So each member of the Midnight Society kind of has their own uh, personal trends with their stories. The main couple Midnight Society members are Gary, who was on the entire first run, uh, run of the show. He was the founder. He, he tells ten stories, as does uh, Kiki. Kiki's the tomboyish um African-American girl who looks a lot like um, this Telly from Salute Your Shorts. Um, and then there's Betty Ann who tells 12 stories. So those are your main three storytellers. There's also um, Frank, Tucker, Sam, Kristen, David, and Stig who all tell, you know, anywhere from, and Eric, excuse me, who all tell two stories or more. Um, out of the Midnight Society members, did you have, like, a, a favorite person as far as the way they were introduced or the way they told stories or anything like that? I had a couple favorites, but I have to say the one that I remember the most is probably Gary. Mm-hmm. I think just because he had that, you know, he had that um, he had that kind of nerd thing going on. Yeah, he definitely looked like the nerd of the group. He usually had glasses, right? He had glasses, he had right? glasses and he had brown hair, and he and just, you know, the way he held himself, you would you would think, you know, he's he's a nerd. Yeah, but, um, and then they brought in his younger brother a few years later. That's the, the one I, I said, uh, Tucker. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to see the the kind of the interaction between those two. That yeah, that was definitely interesting between Tucker and Gary when um, Tucker was introduced. That just like with the story that he told, I, I can't remember exactly which story it was, but it was pretty interesting. And I mean, and then going from the guys to the girls, I mean, the girl that I remember the most was probably Sam, just because of her stories. Like, she was she was the 
I can't remember a lot about Sam. She was shy. What color hair did she have? I'm pretty sure she had like brown hair. Okay. Yeah. I remember. Um. I remember Kiki, and I remember. Kiki, I remember because um, Kiki was just she was hilarious. I loved her. Right, and I think the other one I remember was possibly either I don't remember if it was Kristen or Betty Ann. Um, I think it was Kristen, mm-hmm. the the blonde girl, just because she always seemed like she would not be in a group that was telling ghost stories to each exactly, other. Exactly. Yeah. She, seemed like she, <laughs> she just got misfit, didn't she? Seem she seemed like like a like a cheerleader. Yeah, and I was like, "What are you doing here? You should be scared of all of this stuff." And, and she wasn't. <laughs> it's like okay, I guess this this group has everybody. We got we got a nerd, and now we got a cheerleader. Yeah, and they also had the 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 tough guy, or kind of like I don't know if he was necessarily supposed to be a jock per se, but he was kind of the the muscle of the group. I can't remember what which character that was because they don't use their names a whole lot. Was that Frank? Um, I think it might have been Frank. Um, but they had, yeah, they had, and you know, they had the younger person, they had the older group, you know, the older people in the group, they had, you know, a different personality to try to reach just about out to everybody that could have been viewing this. And they also had the token funny guy. Yeah. I think that was Frankie? Is that his name? Yeah. Um, Frank was, yeah, I think Frank was the funny guy. Um, but they each had a different kind of personality. They each had something that you could relate to, or or you could at least find one person in the group that you could relate to. Did, was there any that kind of you didn't like or kind of drove you nuts? Um, at times, I think Eric kind of drove me nuts. Yeah. He was really obnoxious, and like sometimes when one person, I remember, I think when Sam was telling one of her famous stories, which was um, the tale of the unfinished painting. He's like, okay, wake me up when the story's over, and you'd be like, okay. <laughs> like, maybe maybe the reason you found him annoying was the same reason why they uh, they cut him out of the show after the first oh, two. Oh, I was so happy when they cut him out of the show. Okay. <laughs> he only got to tell two stories before he, his character was cut completely. It, it was a good thing because he was just annoying, and and I'm like, I want to hear the story. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, outside of the Midnight Society, there was two main characters that had. Recurring roles, the meaning they would show up in multiple stories. Um, one was Richard Dumont, who I know because he did a lot of voice acting in the in the 80s, um, and he was the owner, or he was Sardo, oh, owner of Sardo's Sardo. Magic, yeah, owner of Sardo's Magic Mansion. So he would show up in a multiple, you know, multitude of episodes. And the other one was Doctor Vink, um, played by Aaron Tager, I think is how you say mm-hmm. it. Um, and he would appear in a bunch of episodes as Dr. Vink, and one of them I'll talk about in a little bit. But those two show up, they're kind of a theme, as, lo- as well as uh, the clown, oh. who I'm forgetting his name, Zebo, I think was his yeah, name. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Zebo was his name. So those three would show up in multiple stories, but then they also had quite a few guest stars that showed up just in one particular episode. And I did not realize when I was planning for the... Uh, record of this episode how many famous people were involved in this show i was convinced yeah i was convinced that this was one of those shows where nobody really made anything after this that was involved in the show and there was no really famous cameos i thought it was all just these little stories of you know people that kind of had their one shot at acting and that was it but that was not the case no this this actually you know it was probably a launching point for them yeah, a launching point for some of them. I think I think they did a combination. I think they they were the first appearance for some of these actors, and then they took some of the other ones that were just coming up or just making their break and trying to use that to try to kind of promote their show a little bit. Um, the I got to mention the first one, and I'm going to give you each season and uh, which 
one of these famous people are there, just in case you're interested in seeing them, so you can kind of know which season you should go after. The the main most famous guest star in season two is none other than Melissa Joan Hart, also known as Clarissa from Clarissa Explains It All. Um, and she was in the episode Tale of the Frozen Ghost. I did watch this episode, and it was somewhat creepy. I don't know if you got a chance to see this episode, but uh, this is, I think, about a year maybe a year and a half after Clarissa started. So this is one of those, uh, I think that's one. It's kind of hard to tell since uh, Canada had different air dates Mm -hmm. than um, the U.S., but according to the U.S. dates, this is a little bit after Clarissa started. So they're kind of using one of their own Nickelodeon stars to to be on this, and they do this with someone else that I'll get to in a little bit. But it was definitely interesting to see Melissa Joan Hart in this this type of setting. Um, the season three people, there was a lot of people in season three. So if you're going after a DVD set and you only have money for like one season, season three might be the one you go after. Um, Nev Campbell appears in season three from, she was also doing a party of five at the time in the tale of the dangerous soup. Uh, Tatiana, Tatiana Ali from fresh Prince is in the tale of, of uh, the quicksilver. Danny Cooksey from salute your shorts is in tale of the guardians curse. And Eddie K. Thomas, who you might not recognize by that name, but you will recognize him as Finch from American Pie, well, his very first acting role was on Are You Afraid of the Dark in the episode Tale of the Curious Camera. So there's a few people from season three you can you can catch a, a glimpse at. Will Friedel from um, Boy Meets World was on a season four episode, Tale of the Longo Locket. Uh, Tia and Tamara Maori from Sister Sister um, were in season five episode, Tale of the Chameleons. Ryan Gosling's first role, and he also appeared in an episode with Gilbert Gottfried in a season five episode called Tale of Station 109.1. And then I have to mention this because I'm a Star Wars fanatic. In season six, Hayden Christensen was in the episode called The Tale of Bigfoot Ridge. Did you see any of the episodes with any of these people in them? Um, yes, with uh, Melissa Joan Hart I did. And I was so pumped when I, when I recognized her because I'm a huge Sabrina fan. So yeah. when I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God, it's Melissa Joan Hart. <laughs> and that- I was surprised because when, I don't remember ever noticing these people when I watched this as a kid. And I watched Party of Five. I watched Clarissa. I watched, you know, Fresh Prince and Salute Your Shorts. But I don't remember seeing these people and being like, oh, there's so-and-so. Uh, but watching them back now when you see them, it's like, oh. <laughs> like, where what, what? How did I miss that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, Nev Campbell looks exactly, obviously, like she does in Party of Five. The only one that looks, um, I didn't get to see the Ryan Gosling one or the uh, the Finch from American Pie to see what they looked like in their first roles. Yeah. Um, Hayden Christensen looks a little bit younger than I'm used to, obviously, but it was just it was just kind of cool to see these people in this type of environment where it's basically just them and maybe one or two other main actors in in the show. And dealing with all these kind of horror themed themed stories, but I like I said, I'm just shocked that this many people were in this. I'm, I'm just as shocked as you are because <laughs> I now that I'm like I'm hearing all this and I'm realizing this, it's like wow. <laughs> and I can honestly tell you that most of these are available um, for you to watch. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I, I did watch the episode with Melissa Joan Hart. I watched the episode with Nev Campbell, Danny Cooksey, and I watched the episode with Hayden Christensen. So if you're interested in watching those, we'll give you information later on, on where you can find that out. But definitely a, a star-studded um, group of guest stars that actually outshined the the Midnight Society by far. That's, that's, I will have to agree with you on that. <laughs> 
Um, do you have any other thoughts on any of either the guest stars, the Midnight Society people, or any any of the characters involved in the show? I'll just I'll just say this: it was they were interesting. Just everybody <laughs> who was on that show was interesting, and I just have to mention this: Sardo, like honestly, one of my all-time favorite characters from the show. Just have to throw that out there, and you know because in the show, like. Whenever they go into his magic store, you're like, don't buy that, don't buy that. <laughs> I am upset that I didn't, I somehow missed, I watched quite a few episodes um, this last week getting ready for this, and I somehow didn't catch any of the episodes with Sardo on them. So I'm going to have to go back and watch another episode to remember what he looked like. I saw quite a few with Mr. Vink, or Dr. Vink, or whatever he's, Dr. Vink, and I, you know, I, I purposely went out to try to find most of these guest stars, but I missed Sardo. You know what, Sardo? I do remember the name. Sardo, he's a really, I'll, I'll kind of describe him as fast as I can. He's, he's a really interesting looking character he's got like he's he's a bit he's a big guy he's got like slicked back like scraggly like black hair he's got like an interesting face and he's got a really like in like a really funny kind of sounding voice and his his character is just really like humorous and kind of you know sarcastic and you know the salesman like he puts on that kind of attitude and he's just okay like that Yeah, I remember the name, and I remember, you know, like, as soon as I heard Sardo, I'm like, ooh, I remember that for some reason, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go back and, and watch an episode um, with him in it. Okay, um, I think that does it, then, for the who's who and the characters, so I think it is time for... The good. The bad. The ugly. All right, what kind of notes did you jot down as far as the overall show for the good, the bad, and the ugly of uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Well, um, basically for the good, I have amazing, amazing theme song and amazing intro because if the intro didn't scare the crap out of you, then the show would. Yeah. Um, for, and also for the good, I had, you know, interesting stories, some memorable characters like Sardo, and then for the bad, I had, um, cheesy acting, <laughs> um, clowns. Clowns are bad. Clowns are really bad. And um, what else did I have for the bad? And probably that. I can't really say there was anything that was like that was uh, that I would classify as ugly. Because <laughs> nothing in that show. Like, of course, you had like ugly looking, like scary characters, but you right. didn't have anything that was t- that would you know be a major turnoff. Right, I agree yeah. with you on that. So. Um, I actually had some of the same stuff, so that I'm just going to go over it real quick with the ones that I had, because obviously if we both have them, that means they're 100% true. Um, I, I love the intro. I don't know if I, it's the, necessarily the the song so much as it is the music and the the visuals that they give you during it. I mean, it is just a absolute creepy intro. Oh, it's creepy. <laughs> Like the intro sometimes is almost the scariest part of the show. I'll I, <laughs> like, I, I, I'll I'll admit I would skip the intro when I watched it sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean it shows you like it's like this like creepy like gnome like clown type character that they show and they ah it's just well you're in the, you're in someone's attic. Yeah, it's it, yeah you're in someone's attic and it's like really kind of slow motion and the music is very creepy and it and it definitely sets the tone for the show. Um. Another, like you had the the actual story writing. The, it was absolutely great writing in these shows, mm-hmm. um, which is unlike most of the other shows that we're talking about as far as kids' shows during this period. I mean, usually the writing isn't necessarily something they focused on. Um, most kids' shows that you had were more concerned about humor or, you know, simple writing that everybody would understand. But the writing... <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. But the writing in here was actually somewhat complex, um, at least for certain episodes. I mean, you had your cheesy episodes sometimes, but I think the writing on this is one of the the best Nickelodeon writing that we that we see mm-hmm. in the you know late eighties, early nineties. Um, not only did they with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick, so I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Use great creepy music at the beginning in the intro, but they do a good job throughout the entire show of using music to help set the mood. Um, you know, whether it be different parts um, with the Midnight Society or going into the show or different themes that they use during the show kind of, you know, and, and this is something that's common with most scary movies. Most horror movies or scary movies are very good at using the music to help scare you. And, you know, I think that was something that was well done in, in this show as well. I also love the ideas of having the kids introduce the stories and being telling stories to each other. I mean, I don't know how many kids would actually have a group like this where they actually tell stories with each other. Have you tried? Have <laughs> you probably tried during that time? Um, but it's kind of cool seeing the interaction between those members and having them kind of introduce it. And I think it was their way of kind of protecting themselves against any censors that would complain about kids not being able to tell that it was a story and that it wasn't real type thing. Mm-hmm. I think this is their way of breaking it, breaking that wall and saying, okay, that was the story we told. Now we're back to real life and us around the campfire. And it was a kind of a way to hopefully um, stop, maybe stop some of the nightmares, even though it wasn't successful at all cases, because sometimes the stories were scary enough on their own. But I think it was at least attempt an attempt to kind of bring you back to reality a little bit. As far as the bad, I agree with you. The worst thing about this show, which is not really a, not really something I'm faulting the show for, but the acting is typical for kids' shows in this time period. The acting is really cheesy. I mean, besides a few of those guest stars that we mentioned, that some of them have do have good performances, which is obviously why they became stars and why we're you know remembering their names and stuff. But some of the other actors are just horrible. Just brutal. They're just brutal. Yeah, it was like, I don't know what the criteria was for making it onto the show, but I, I think at some points there wasn't much as far as the audition. Lines and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing we haven't talked about that I do want to bring up that I absolutely love about the show is how they begin it and how they end it, which is the same line with someone saying, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story, and you know he would throw the, uh, the magic dust on the fire, or she would, and it would kind of flame up, and then they'd put the title on. I love that, and I love that at the end that they would declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed and, th- and throw water on the fire. I don't know why I like those, but I just it seems like every show that I watch, I like something like that that's, that's repeated yeah. over and over that you can kind of count on. It probably made it seem more real. Yeah. yeah. Like it was. And I, I just always wanted to be there so I could throw the, the <laughs> stuff on the fire. 
<laughs> it's like, why can't I do Next that? Next time you go camping, just do it. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to tell a ghost story and do it. <laughs> but I think that's it. Yeah, I don't really have anything ugly about the show. And there's really not that much bad about this show. I, I was coming into this record on Memories Alone. And good memories. Like, all I could remember about this show was, you know, this is a really good show. I really loved it when I was a kid. But I haven't seen it in, in I don't know, how, like over a decade. I have not seen an episode of this show whatsoever since it, like, stopped airing. I don't think I ever saw this even in repeats. I saw these live on SNCC, you know, at night. I think it was Saturday nights that they showed it or whatever nights that they showed it. And I saw these live. I don't think I ever saw them in reruns or ever after that. Oh. So I was worried when I was going to come into watching the, the show again that it was going to kind of ruin my memories of it. But I can honestly say every episode I sat down and watched, I was into it and I was, it seemed like they aged fine. I mean, obviously the style of clothing and, you know, the cheesy acting and whatnot is a little dated, but it, it seems like it holds up somewhat. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it did not ruin my memories at all. Same here. So for, so for good, bad and ugly, it's, it's mainly good here. So I think it's time for... Things that make you go, hmm. All right, here are some of the things that you might not know about Are You Afraid of the Dark? Number one thing, just to continue our string since I've said it for every other episode, just like all the other Nickelodeon episode, or, uh, TV shows, this was nominated or won over a dozen awards, including being nominated two times for a Young Artist Award for Best Performers in a Children's Program and Best Performance by a Young Ensemble. I was not aware when I was a kid that all of these Nickelodeon shows apparently won these awards, but Salute Your Shorts won, uh, won awards, Adventures of Pete and Pete won awards, Clarissa won awards, and I did not know Are You Afraid of the Dark had won any awards. But they did. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, number two thing you might not know about Are You Afraid of the Dark is the substance in the bag that makes the campfire smoke up during the title of each story is supposedly regular table sugar. I've never tried sugar. I've never tried throwing sugar in a fire, but I might do that. <laughs> I, I'm blown away by that. I thought it was sand. Yeah, I always thought it was sand or something too, but or some like weird, I don't know, weird substance. I always wondered what it was when I was a kid, but now that I know, I'm going to definitely start a fire and throw some sugar in it. And then I'm going to be disappointed when it doesn't do what it did in the show. Um, number three thing that you might not know about uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, and this one I think is the most interesting one. Um, you have actually mentioned this episode already. The tale of the dream girl from season three was the inspiration for The Sixth Sense, and this is coming straight from M. Night Shyamalan. Oh. So I believe you said something about the characters going through the whole episode and being dead. Yeah. Um, well, basically, there's a brother and a sister, and the sister, you know, and the brother work in this bowling alley, and the brother is thinking, like, everyone's ignoring him, and he keeps seeing this beautiful girl, and he finds out she's dead. And then he realizes at the end that he himself is a ghost. See? And so basically a lot like The Sixth Sense, and... I see and that dead is, people. <laughs> that is amazing because everybody, you know, when The Sixth Sense came out, everyone was, like, completely shocked at that show. And, you know, there's been multiple things that have tried to kind of, uh, not necessarily copy it completely, but have tried to take that same idea and go with it. But who, whoever thought that that actually started back in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, yeah, when I, when I, you know, when I did research for, for this recording and I found that out, I was quite surprised. And... <laughs> I'm like, wow, he would have thought that M. Night Shyamalan would get his inspiration from uh, from Are You Afraid of the Dark? No, Nickelodeon, you did something good. Um, and I, I don't have this down or anything, but I also, when I was 
um, doing some research for the show, found out that one of the episodes also inspired Weird Al to uh, create a song about it. I'm not a big Weird Al fan, but it's something I think the song called Phony Calls or something about prank calls or something supposedly was inspired by an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So it kind of just goes back to the writing on the show in that, you know, people did do some pretty good writing that other people used or noticed or were inspired by or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so very cool stuff. Um, all right. I think we're going to try to uh, give you a little bit of information on where some of these Midnight Society members are now. Obviously, the guest stars that we mentioned, like Nev Campbell and Melissa Joan Hart, you know where they're at. <laughs> they're still very much in the acting world. Um, but the Midnight Society members, uh, not so much for most of them. Um, Ross Hull, who is Gary, he's actually up by you. He's a weather anchor in Ontario. So I found that kind of interesting, that he's completely out of the acting uh, realm. Um, Kiki, who is played by Jody Rester, is actually also in Canada because most of this cast is from Canada. She's living in Quebec. She's done a little bit of everything. She's done some voice work, um, most notably Francine Alice Frensky on the PBS uh, Arthur cartoon series. She's put out two different R&B albums, so she's done some uh, involved in some musical uh, stuff, and she's currently also trying to put together a reality series with her boyfriend. So she seems to have her her hand in a lot of different things. Um, Daniel DeSanto Tucker, the younger brother, um, he's gone on to do a lot of voice work for anybody that watches the, or ha- did watch the show Brace Face. He was Brock Layton. He also appeared in the movie Mean Girls as, uh, the character Jason. So he's done some stuff in the acting world still. Um, Sam, Joanna Garcia, she was Cheyenne from the sitcom Reba, and she was Brie Buckley on The Gossip Girl. And she had a new show this year, but I haven't seen it on, on ABC called Better With You. Have you seen any episodes of that? Um, no, unfortunately, I haven't. Of what better th- better with you? Yeah, better with you. I haven't. I'd never even heard of that. But apparently, that was a new show this year. I don't know if it got, never heard of it. Maybe it got axed right away. We'll see. Um, she was also in Not Another Teen Movie and American Pie Two, and kind of a full circle thing here. She was a guest star on Clarissa Explains It All one time. So Clarissa was a guest on here, and she was a guest on her show. Um, Rachel. Rachel Blanchard, the the blonde that we were talking about, kind of the cheerleader, Kristen, um, she was Cher Howitz on the television series Clueless, and she was in an episode of, I have to bring this up because I love this show, the HBO show Flight of the Concords. Um, I don't know how many of our listeners will have actually watched that show, but it's a very funny show, and she played uh, Jermaine's girlfriend Sally on two different episodes, so I did not know that, but I definitely am going to have to rewatch those episodes. Um, so those are really the only main ones. Most of the other um, cast members of the Midnight Society, this was one of their last roles on TV. A lot of them, this was kind of their 15 minutes of fame, and then they went on to do other things. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but these are the main ones that I, I could at least find a little bit of information on. Most of them are probably up by you somewhere, so you could probably go stop by and <laughs> say hello Say hello, or, or watch, a, watch Gary on the weather. It's be like, hey, Gary. Are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> I'm you're sure on, he's you, heard. you're on YouTube. Did you know that? <laughs> I'm sure he's never heard that that question posed to him. Probably not. <laughs> Probably, I bet you. Um, for some of these people, like if. If it was kind of like you said, they're 15 minutes of frame, they're probably like, I'd rather forget that I was ever a part of that show. Yeah, you usually get one of two things. You, you usually have the people that absolutely don't want to hear about it and want to like distance themselves from the show as much as possible, or you have the ones that just like embrace it completely and are all about it. So it's always interesting to see how, how they, they react, because um, 
seems like the one guy that I listened to an interview from Salute Your Shorts, um, Donkey Lips, seems like he's all about it. He has no problem singing the Salute Your Shorts theme song in bars with people and doing all kinds of stuff. But you have other people that are like, you know, that was my past. Please don't, you know, stamp is that forever. Just, yeah, I'm just going to go crawl under a rocket. <laughs> I'm a real person. <laughs> all right, I think it's time for a quick intermission. Uh, but please don't touch that dial because we will be right back after these messages. Stay in your seat if you dare. There's more you're afraid of the dark after this. Tomorrow at 7.36.30 Central on Nickelodeon. Because the real terror never begins until night falls. Watch out. It's coming back. We now return to Are You Afraid of the Dark? Thanks for staying with us, everyone. And you may be wondering, now that we've talked about the show for a little while now, how you can watch some episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Now... Unlike all of the other episodes or the shows we've covered so far on the telecast, you're in luck this time because every single season of Are You Afraid of the Dark is available on DVD. Um, Direct Source has released all seven seasons on DVD in Region 1. The first five seasons were released in Canada only, while six and seven are available in Canada and the U.S., but if they were released in Canada or U.S., I'm sure there's ways that you can get a hold of them. Each season is about 13 episodes long, and the price range on these sets are usually somewhere around either 19.99. I saw one or two of them listed for 29.99. Not quite sure why. You know, some are more than others, but around 20 or 30 bucks you can get a hold of at least one season. And if you're a diehard fan, you can get all seven seasons. So that's something that we haven't been able to tell you before. Also, it is available on YouTube. I don't, I mean, not all 91 episodes I don't think are available on YouTube. Actually, most of them are. Most of them are. I didn't count to see if all 91 of them are, but so far every episode title I've typed into YouTube I've got a hit on. Yeah, same, same here. They're, most of the ones that like are the more memorable ones, mm-hmm. they're, they're on YouTube, but I think I found probably around 40 or 50 that are on YouTube. Yeah, so, so if you're someone that just wants to watch a few episodes, you don't necessarily want to spend the money and buy the DVD, you know, you're, you're maybe not a diehard fan and you don't need it in your collection. If you're someone that just wants to watch a few episodes to remember what it's like, or maybe you never saw it before and you want to see what the heck we're talking about, you know, YouTube is fine. The quality isn't necessarily crystal clear on these. But it's not horrible. It's it's kind of uh, kind of a mediocre quality, I would say. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. They're I mean, they're not the best. They look like you know they're they're kind of grainy and 
Yeah. So far, the best one we've seen is um, the Adventures of Pete and Pete had crystal clear YouTube feeds. Um, Salute Your Shorts was real bad YouTube. It's this one somewhere in between, kind of like Clarissa was um, on the last episode. Now, you may want to, you know, even if you just want to watch a few episodes, you can go back in the recording and you could listen to which episode some of those guest stars appear on. Because seriously, all you have to do is find the, the episode name, type it in, and you're going to get a hit. They're all in done in three parts, at least all the ones I found were in three parts. Um, and each part was about nine or, or ten minutes long, some of them a little bit shorter. Did you see any that were done all in one shot? Um, the only thing I've seen that was all done in one shot would probably be torrenting it. Okay. Not, not on YouTube because like they're all broken up into like three parts. Yeah, all the YouTube ones I found were in three parts. And it it, it was kind of weird with the ones I was searching. I, maybe you found someone that has all of them, but I... Each user I found only had like maybe three or four of the episodes or maybe eight or nine of the episodes. I didn't find like a, that, like, are you like, afraid of the dark guru that has like all? They had, yeah, because chances are if they had like all 91 episodes, they someone call, would find them. Yeah, somebody would go in, flag it, and yeah. say, like, copyright <laughs> and take it down. Yeah, I didn't get, I couldn't find any information on the bonus features on the DVD. Um, I'm guessing there's not a lot of bonus features on any of the DVDs, but I think it is cool that it, it's at least available in seasons one through seven. I'm guessing you'd have to go through like Amazon or, or eBay or something to. Or, or probably Best Buy would have it or stuff yeah. like that. I don't know if they'd have all seven, but it's definitely worth a shot with some of them being released only in Canada, some in the U.S. I don't know if that's going to complicate you know, the availability as far as people finding them on DVD, but they're out there. So you, at least you have that opportunity. It's not like some shows where you just don't have that option. Cause they, cause they just never got the distribution for it. Right. So definitely cool that it's out there. Um, as far as imitating our, uh, IGN crew here, what would you rank this show? And just for those, I'll give this one more time. I'm, I'm, I keep saying I'm not going to do this, but just for those that this is the first time maybe they're listening, uh, a ranking of one basically means that you hate the show. <laughs> you hated it then, you hate it now, which I don't know why you'd be on the show hosting it if you did, but every once in a while we get somebody on just so they can rant. Um, number two would be that you, you know, you loved it back then, but it doesn't really hold up and you don't, you couldn't really sit through entire episodes anymore. Three would be something that, you know, if it was available to watch on TV, you'd tune in every once in a while, or you would go to YouTube and watch this if you had the chance. And a, a rating of four means that you really want to add this to your DVD collection, and it's something that's that good for as far as your opinion. So what do you give uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I'd have to give it a four. Definitely a four. Excellent. Had, you don't have any of these DVDs, do you? No, I don't. I've just been watching them all on YouTube. Yeah. No, but it, I, I, I've fluctuated this last week i've i've been going back and forth i have yet to give out a four so far on the telecast um because we haven't covered a show yet that i am dying to add to my collection this one i'm teeter-tottering between a three and a four i was gonna say i was gonna ask is to be like can i give like a half but <laughs> four i didn't know what to say so yeah like, i mean it seems like the if i was giving it a three it would be the strongest three of the show so far i mean I would give this a better rating than any episode we've covered so far. And if it, if I found it for the right price on DVD, I probably would buy it. I'm not going to go searching for it. Yeah. And I, and it's not something that I'm like going to, you know, go on the internet and find and pay whatever it's uh, it's on there for. But if I was like wandering through like a Best Buy or some store like that and I saw it and it was the right price, I would probably pick this up. So, it gets the best rating I I've given so far. I'm not necessarily going to say I give it a 4 though. 
So we'll leave that for another show to, to get the first four rating for me. But uh, definitely two strong ratings from us on Are, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Any last words? All right, like he said, um, any last words? Would you have any last words on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Anything we missed or, or just your closing thoughts on it? Um, with regards to the show, yeah. if you never watched it, watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you did watch it and you haven't watched it recently, again, watch it. Because honestly, it it's just it's not it's part it's just it's a classic and it was just an awesome show and it maybe it didn't get all the credit that it deserved back then in terms of you know becoming like a huge, you know, a huge hit, you know, having a movie or whatnot, but you know, it's it's good to go back and and relive that. Yeah, and I agree with you. I I don't care if you've never watched this show or if it's been you know 15 or however many long it's been since it's been on the air, years since it was on. You need to give this show a chance. You need to watch it. First of all, it's unique. Um, there was no other show really like this. I mean, there was Tales of the Crypt and you know Goosebumps and stuff at different time periods, but this was kind of a unique show. It wasn't your typical late 80s, early 90s, you know, Saved by the Bell type show. This is something that is very unique. The writing on it is fantastic, and that's one reason why you're going to be able to watch it currently and not be, you know, completely turned off by it because the writing is actually good. And it's worth it just to see some of these uh, other people in their earlier roles, you know, some of these guest stars. You know, even if that's the only reason you watch it, I have a, an inkling that once you watch one episode, you might watch another one. Just because it's that type of show that, you know, I'm, I'm usually not a big fan of shows that are standalone episodes because I like continuity and I like there to be an overarching story that, that goes through a number of episodes. These are all standalone stories, one shots, and I love them. And I, I am, agree with you on that. <laughs> and I am not someone that likes scary stuff. I'm not someone that likes horror movies or anything like that. But this is as awesome as I remembered it. And that's the only way I can put it. So go find it on YouTube and watch it. <laughs> watch it. Yeah, the moral of the story is watch this. But if you happen to accidentally click on the clown um, episode, we apologize for any nightmares that you may have. It's not our fault. It is not our fault. Yes, don't don't go cry to your parents. Yeah, and don't keep them up. And don't you know if you have nightmares deal with them yourself. <laughs> That's so mean. Um, all right. I would like uh, to take a chance to thank our rising star here, Tara, for joining me today and thank everyone else for tuning in and listening to our fourth episode here on the telecast. Do you have any uh, Facebook or Twitter or YouTube uh, information you want to give out in case people are interested in more things that you have to say or want to follow you or anything like that? Yeah, sure. If anybody would like to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter is Tara Blair, it's T-A-R-A-H-B-L-E-I-E-R, just one name, and I'm also on YouTube under my screen name, which is RisingStar9109, and got some cool videos on there, and I'm always on Twitter, and you can probably find me on Facebook through there, so yeah, just if anyone's interested, but that's how you can get a hold of me. And don't be afraid if you if you like to uh, listen to Tara and I's discussion on this episode. She will be back for other episodes, so you will hear from her again. <laughs>
<laughs> if you want to leave us feedback on the show, there are three main ways to do this. First, you can visit the website www.geekcastradio.com where you can comment on all of our different podcasts, not just the telecast, but all the other podcasts as well. Um, second, you can rate our show and leave us feedback in iTunes. We're still waiting for that first uh, reviewer to leave us feedback on iTunes, so please do that. If you want to, your comments to be a part of a future show, please call the voicemail line 502-526-5821. Remember to tell us the show you are leaving the message for and give us some type of name that we can call you so uh, we don't just say that person that called the voicemail line. Um, and you can look under the Season 1 schedule and you can give us voicemails for any episodes. It doesn't have to be the, the next one coming up. If you want to keep up to date with all things GeekCast related, the best way to do that is to become a fan of us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash network. While you are there, do me a favor and also become a fan of BehindTheVoiceActors.com, the best voice acting website on the Internet. Also, don't forget about the theme song contest and our listeners' choice episode voting. There are detailed posts for both of these items over at GeekCastRadio.com under the Telecast tab at the top of the page. So please go there right now and uh, submit your vote for the listeners' choice and read the details on the theme song contest so you can submit an entry for that. There will be a prize that you can win. I'm just not telling you what that is yet. So that does it for now. We hope we succeeded in entertaining you, informing you, and most importantly, unleashing the geek in you on this episode of The Telecast. And we hope that you will tune in for our next episode when we round up this first round of Nickelodeon Classics by saying, Hey, dude. For now, I am your host, Optimus Solo, with... Rising Star Terra. And we will see you in ten days for another episode of The Telecast. But for now, I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society closed.
this meeting of the Midnight Society closed. And uh, make sure to go straight home, guys.